position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 258 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Saturday, uh, October 5th, 2019 at 16.55 p.m. Uh, Pacific Coast time, left coast, coast of the most. What? Uh, crack engineer, undead, Ivor, Molina, over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. So let's obey all proper protocols. Um... Now, make it, of course, for our sequel friends, 2019, 1055 We have a lot of shit to talk about this week's episode. First, I also wonder, good. So, that out of the way, all the formal formalities and pleasantries dispensed with. Ah, you may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. You are behind schedule. Um, let's get straight to our top stories. So this week saw, uh, this is our first episode on our newly rebuilt version of Farnham. Uh, we, I rebuilt it, uh, on Monday. Uh, it now has a, 
Oh god, what type of motherboard does it have in it? Uh, it doesn't matter, but it's got a Ryzen 7 um, 3800X CPU in it with 64 gigabytes of RAM, which had I realized that it supported 32 uh, gigabyte sticks, uh, it would be actually 100, it would be actually 96 right now, and then it would be in a couple of months, it would be uh, 128 gigabytes, but doesn't matter. It runs great. There is a screw loose, uh, not a screw loose, there is a loose screw, a screw that is like migrating around inside of my systems case. It's causing like a weird rattle um, that's very irritating to me, and when I uh, next time I have to go back in there, I will be getting and finding that screw and removing it. Um, I had to use uh, fan splitters for the fan heads uh, for the chassis fans because I have I have six chassis fans. Um, two on the top, two in the front, two on the bottom. And, oh, yeah, so seven and one in the back, one big one in the back. Um, but the rebuild went a-okay. Funniest thing was when I realized, you know, I'm not getting that big of a performance boost at all from any of this shit. And I realized, oh, wait. I went to Inksy and I was like, oh, I'm only using 16 gigabytes of RAM. What the fuck is going on here? So I reseeded the RAM properly. And then I ordered more RAM. And all of that's in there. My RAM changes colors, which is ridiculous. Um, and I hate it, but, you know, whatever. I don't have to see it, so... That's the biggest thing. Cause like I could have bought, an, I could have bought a thirty, a single thirty-two gigabyte stick that didn't change color of DDR4 for the same price as two sixteen gigabyte sticks of uh, DDR4 that do change color. And I don't care about the cha- color changing because it's in an Anoxia Deep Silence Five case, so I can't see it. Anyway, it's that's all done. It's all working. It only took me like. Uh, only took me four hours soup to nuts to rip the whole fucking thing apart, put it all back together, and then uh, using um, a boot repair to uh, properly recognize my uh, my ZFS array. Speaking of which, that's the next project. That'll be over the next three months. We'll be buying eight, eight terabyte uh, hard drives and slowly replacing our array with double the size of the array. So that's going to be exciting. You can get them evidently on mono price for 220 bucks. So they're Western Digital Purples. I don't know. Purple is a new color for me in terms of hard drive. So who knows? But they're going to be in a ZFS array. So I figured they should do fine. Uh, last night, that brings us to our next story. Last night was uh, Jesse Smigel's uh, beer party. He has to do a flag. He he uh, he's a local artist, long, long time friend, long time enemy, long time friend. One of the people I've known the longest in my life, um, and a good guy, and a great artist, and a master craftsman. Um, he has to do this American flag out of beer cans, and so he invoiced. I can't remember who the fuck this is for, but it's. It's a huge American flag. It's like 600 beer cans. He invoiced uh, the uh, contractor... He invoiced uh, the... uh, He invoiced them for 700 units of beer in red, white, and blue. 
and uh, he is currently in the process, as he started last night after getting the the cases in, of drinking all of them. Now, what does this have to do with Linux gaming? Well, he has a fully functional um, art and wood shop in uh, his his backyard. He used to have a studio. Um, I like the. I, I'm glad that he does not. I mean, that's just me weighing in. It's a lot of overhead to have a studio and blah, 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 blah. He's got a very functional fucking shop in his backyard, and I got to finally see it uh, last night when I was helping with the beer, and this relates to Linux Gaming in that he wants to start a Twitch stream, a live stream of the shop, and I'm I'm helping him with that, uh, hooked him up with some microphones and some cameras and stuff, but this is really just getting a sense of the space while drinking a lot of beer. Um, and that's gonna be exciting, uh, cause he does crazy shit. I mean, he does crazy shit. So it'll be interesting, uh, when we can add him as, like, a, you know, pseudo-partner to the show or whatever. Um, in terms of, like, you know, the people who we link to in our show blurbs, because uh, he's always up to something fucking insane. And it's going to be fun uh, trying to figure out how to set up an outdoor camera system. Well, pseudo-outdoor. Pseudo-hybrid indoor-outdoor camera system um, with OBS, using open-source software, which is just hilarious that Windows users who constantly bitch about fucking Linux and blah 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 don't realize that oh their live streams are powered by fucking free and open source software but anyway moving on so there's the beer party alright one of the final phases of uh, upgrading the massive Farnham my monster machine rebuild was making sure that virtual reality worked and I have, been, I have one other thing to say about the, the new system because uh, it's, ju- it's just my old it's 1080 Ti 11 gigabytes uh, graphics card uh, 64 gigabytes of RAM, Ryzen 7, 3800X, with a new motherboard that, uh, doesn't have the 10 SATA slots I want, but it has 8, and I was only using 6 before, evidently. I don't know if I disconnected my Zill or what, um, but I was only using 6 of the SATA slots on my other motherboard, brother from another motherboard, but, um, one of the final phases of getting making sure that everything worked right was uh, getting Steam VR set up again, and it's set up like a like a peach. Uh, it likes its new uh, USB ports and everything, which is what we'll talk about next. But um, one weird thing, and I don't know if this is due to the constant updating of Steam VR or what, but now there is no VR dashboard by pressing the little mini button on the Knuckles controllers, which is a big fucking pain in the ass because I do not trust launching games directly from Steam unless I'm in Steam VR already. And so now it just complicates things a lot. But we verified that that worked. I played some Pavlov VR on uh, Thursday and uh, it's all going great. The last thing I want to say about the Farnham rebuild is that if those of you who've listened to the show before know that my other motherboard was shorting out and that uh, I was getting over current conditions increasingly week by week on every, uh, well, on increasingly more numbers of USB headers. Uh, and, like, USB was becoming increasingly erratic 
for me to use. Um, it's a sign of a dying motherboard. No matter how much I cleaned it, no matter how much, you know, blah, blah, blah. Same systems case, same everything. Now all my USB ports work like a fucking charm, and it is amazing. I for- forget how important it is to be able to hook up a hub. Um, that's the next thing that we're adding. We're adding a Amazon Basics uh, 10 port USB hub to the back. I have a, I have a 7 port one uh, up front right now. Um, but all of this shit runs now, so it's great. It's it's an upgrade that I was very fortunate enough to be able to afford. I'm fucking broke now, but it was an upgrade I was very fortunate enough to afford uh, just when it was becoming really critical. Um, so that's exciting. And then next up is the... Uh, th- the retooling of the the ZFS array, so that's exciting. We'll go from uh twenty four. We'll go from twenty four terabytes to to uh 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 sixteen twenty four thirty two thirty two terabytes. Mm. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. Something like that. We'll figure it out. I haven't. I haven't. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But uh, yeah, if you are interested in getting into ZFS, I highly recommend uh, FreeBSD Mastery ZFS ZFS by Michael W. Lucas and Alan Jude. Um, it is the best. It's a little bit older now, but I'm sure they're coming out with a new edition sometime soon. Uh, and you can follow Michael W. Lucas on Twitter uh, as well, and he's a frequent poster, and he's a he's a good guy to follow. But that is the best book. You can read it in one sitting at the bar. Um, but my my copy is so dog-eared and highlighted and underlined because uh, you'll come back to it for forever. It's one of those books that's on my reference shelf that I return to on not a fair not a, not a constant basis, but at least like a biannual basis. So there's that. Our feature this week is on Super Mega Baseball Two. Uh, we'll be talking more about that later, but. Now it is time for the new and noteworthy based him with it, Ivor. I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright, so for our new and noteworthy this week. And this is this ties into our deal, so we'll fold them in together. Right now, there is a humongous deal for the next 40 hours. Four zero hours. One of the best games that we've ever played, I've ever played uh, since starting to cover Linux games exclusively. It's been Dying Light, zombie parkour, post apocalyptic uh, parkour in this beautiful city um, by the bay uh, filled with zombies. Um, So it's parkour, survival, crafting, first person shooter. Uh, zombie melee, parkour, zombie, crafting, with co-op play, and with versus play, actually, too, because you can do the thing where you become the Night Stalker thing. I can't remember what it's called. But that game, which never goes on sale, as they ramp up towards releasing the sequel, I guess, right now, for the next 40 hours, you can get the Dying Light Enhanced Edition at 66% off, at $17.99, and that includes all of the DLCs and expansion packs. I'm pretty sure it includes all of them. Um, including the one that just came out, I think this week, Dying Light, Dead Eyes Promise, and the Godfather DLC pack, which introduces um, new uh, three new blueprints for weapons and a new skin for your buggy. Um, 
that game never goes on sale. It's one of the best games you can get, and it's an unbelievable sale steal at eighteen dollars. You know, seventy dollars ninety nine cents, whatever. So pick that up immediately. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, like seriously, just go fucking get it. Um, it is swashbuckling adventure, the likes of which you cannot, uh, likes of which words are in are a wholly uh, insubstantial medium in terms of describing the depth and awesomeness of the swashbuckling and adventure you will have in Dying Light. Um, also in our new and noteworthy, Destiny 2 came out this week on Steam, finally. It does not run via Proton. While reading the entire Proton uh, bug page for uh, Destiny 2, Someone wisely pointed out that Google Stadia, which we've talked about on the show previously, and which I'm getting increasingly excited about receiving next month, because that's next month, it will ship, and that runs Linux, by the way, the Google Stadia runs Linux, Um, that will ship with Destiny 2 support built in, so there, there's all of these questions as to why are there's so many permabands from anyone who was trying to debug why it won't run with the current version of Proton, because uh, you will get permanently banned. Um, I mean, I tried to run it, but I didn't try to, you know, introspect the processes or anything like that, or retention or anything, or even access any logs or anything like that. It just won't run. Um, but the, the, the funny thing is, those who are trying to help the developers, fucking make it run on Proton are all getting permanently banned. (laughs) Which is ridiculous because they must have a native solution to get to work via Proton otherwise it wouldn't run on Stadia. At least that is I mean that was one of the hypotheses. My hypothesis is that they have a you know, their own proprietary Linux version of it that will run on Stadia. If it runs on Stadia at all, we'll have to see. But that's one of the flagship titles. I can't wait to play it. Um, it does not run on Proton as of the present moment, which sucks. But it's another reason to get kind of excited about Google Stadia. It might be... I mean, I you know, if, if you're new to the show, then go back and listen to the episode all about Google Stadia, where they made the announcement. Because I, I think it's... a it could be a humongous game changer. And it runs free and open, so it, it, it runs Linux. Um, also, in our new and noteworthy, uh, Morning Dew Farms, the gay farming simulator, is now out, which I'm not going to buy, but uh, I don't know if you want to buy it or whatever, but it is really hilarious to look at the uh, screenshots, and it's like Stardew Valley mixed with a visual novel with lots of gay sex, evidently. Um, I, lo- I, for one, love that it exists. I mean, it's just like, just piss off everybody, you know, who, all these fucking right-wingers and blah, 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 are just out of their fucking minds. Oh, well, here's, you know, Morning Dew Farms, the gay farming simulator. Make you its hoe, bitches! Um... And I think, uh, oh shit, I don't have the pricing in front of me and I don't have the rundown. Ivor, you're fired! You thought he escaped, didn't you? Um, you're fi- no, Ivor, you didn't put the prices in the rundown. 
Okay. Well, Morning Dew Farms gave Farming Sim, if I remember correctly, is uh, $24.99. Uh, like I said, I haven't played it, you know, but uh, I do love that it exists. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, and finally, in our new and noteworthy, um, this game is not that new, but the fact that it runs via Proton and that I verified it as actually running via Proton and uh, etc. is The Forest, one of the biggest games from last year. came out April 30th, I want to say, of 2018. Uh, even though it's a year old, it, is st it still has a humongous player base. It's survival... First-person survival horror crafting a la Seven Days to Die, but, like, with a much fiercer, scarier element to it. There's also some sort of co-op mode or versus mode. I'm not sure. Um, I've only played through the first, like, 30 seconds of the game, like, two times this week to see if it runs, and it does run. Um, you're a survivor in a, you're the only survivor of a plane crash, and you are in the forest. So it's kind of like Darkwood meets first-person shooter. So, kind of like Darkwood meets Dying Light. That is, of course, the Forest. Now, I tried the Forest VR support for the Valve Index, but right now, things are a little weird, like I said, because I can't, um, the VR dash, the, the Steam dashboard and Steam VR doesn't pop up anymore, and I'm hoping that they fix this very quickly so that I'll know if it's a problem on my end or if it's a problem with the game, if a game doesn't actually run, because uh, the Forest VR doesn't run as a standalone, but I haven't tried it with starting Steam VR first, you know, for obvious reasons. So, those are the new and noteworthy and the deals. Um, be sure to pick up Dying Light, 66% off for the Enhanced Edition. Oh, it's 66% off for the Normal Edition at $13.51, but I would recommend that you get the Enhanced Edition, which is $18. It's like $70.99. It's going to be available for the next 40-ish hours. So, the next two days. Um game never goes on sale if you've been die curious uh, and don't don't confuse Dying Light with um, Dead by Daylight uh, Dying Light is the one where uh, you are parachuted as a secret operative to stop a zombie plague into a uh, under the auspices of like the World Health Organization in like uh, some weird Arab Arabic Peninsula um coastal port city place and uh, your mission quickly goes sideways as you get infected immediately and then must struggle to divide your loyalties between your original mission, the survivors and then the ultimate factions that now rule the zombie infested city streets as you parkour like a motherfucker with strong upgrade, strong role-playing game uh, elements that uh, let you enhance and augment your skills, your craftable abilities, your weapons, your uh, skills techniques, etc., 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 etc. It is a fantastic game. So, that brings us to our feature. Uh, we're going to have a guest host tonight uh, help us out with our feature. Uh, this is Kevin from uh, Ball Champions. He's going to, uh, well, take it away, Kevin. Well, first, Ivor, based him with it. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. We're there live. 
the Giants and of the Dodgers game. Talking, talking baseball, hitting, ca- catching, make, making all the right, all the plays happen. Let's talk to it. Thank you, Kevin, for that glowing introduction. Yes, it is time for the big league boys. If you're not from America right now, it's October, and that means one thing, Milwaukee. No, it means baseball. And uh, fuck Milwaukee. Fuck the Brewers. Fuck the Nationals. Fuck them all. Long live the glorious New York Mets, um, who are out of it, but whatever. Uh, those of you who are not familiar with baseball, October is where we enter the postseason, and this has been the craziest season that I've seen in a long time. I mean, everyone's fucking it. It's like, not since the fucking steroid era, more home runs been hit this fucking year. Uh, subject which Joe Kimon Kendall and I, and Matt Kendall and I have gone back and forth about, because it's fucking bewildering. But anyway, if you're looking for a baseball game to play, I have just the game for you. Not only is this game fantastic, uh, as a baseball, if you're a baseball fan, you will get into the game from this game. Game is simple enough to be played by anyone from 6 to 60. It is called Super Mega Baseball 2, and it is a masterwork. It combines all of the uh, aspects of modern, uh, mod- all the best aspects of the most modern, best um, baseball games from the last, like, I'd say 15 years. So, like, we're talking about uh, the bigs as well as um, two, oh god, like fucking eight years ago, uh, MLB actually had the officially licensed game that actually turned out to be a fucking awesome game. Basically, it centers around the pitcher and hitter mechanics in a kind of cartoony Nintendo baseball style um, presentation that is much more deep than uh, you might suspect at the surface um, like here Kevin uh, let, let's talk about uh, pitching and hitting and stuff hey, Kevin what, what do you got smell smell that green grass <laughs> just a sweet crack of the bat man it should be back indeed it is Kevin I, I don't think I could have said it better myself um, so Super Mega Baseball 2 has a uh, built in online component to it but we'll get to that in a moment the game thrusts you into the action by including the tutorial in your first game. It wants you to just play the fucking game. And you will learn everything along the way in terms of this tutorial. But it goes a little quickly and it happens in line with your first game. It, it's not like a set-up scripted game. So as situations arise that like you'll need to learn how to handle them, it explains how to handle them. Kevin will explain it better. Ever seen them launch your grand slams? What's that? Ever seen them launch your grand slams? I don't know what you're saying, dude. Ever seen them launch your grand slams? Oh, grand slam, yeah. Of course. Is it? Is there? Is it real? Is it real? Yeah. It's 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 a it's a real real great sport. Indeed, it is, Kevin. That's Kevin talking to one of our listeners. Um, so. And nowhere else is this great sport. Uh, really, I mean, it get, it, this game drills down into the fun of baseball, but played at like you know a serious level. Um, the controls are very simple. The base running is a little difficult to get the hang of at first, 
But once you get like, you know, 10 hours in the game, you know, once you get through like your third game or fourth game, you pretty much know how to play. And the game is designed to play fast, lightning fast. Like I said, this is like a combination of Nintendo baseball with some of the more advanced components of the more in-depth detailed baseball simulators. So one of my favorite things is the pitch selection and the way your pitcher tires out. Um, your pitch selection and uh, the way the the ways in which you get hitters out is very similar to like real life fucking baseball. You have to be smart with your pitches. You have to you have to pick your spots. You have to hit your spots, and you have to think smart about the hitter that you're facing, uh, and also keep track of your pitcher um, in terms of their stamina. Blah. If you get lit up and knocked out of a game, like, in the third inning, it's gonna be brutal. Depending, if you're just playing an exhibition, that's fine, but what's more fun are, is is the ability to to set up seasons in the game. Uh, Seasons are for single player, um, and we'll get to the multiplayer in a moment, because the multiplayer is my favorite thing in the entire game. But, what's so great about uh, seasons is that your players go through like if 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 you don't rest them they get injured and stuff like that but more importantly they get intense uh both at the plate and in the field so if you're if you're looking for the third out and the next guy up is uh just rattled cuz he hasn't gotten a hit so he couldn't hit fucking water he fell out of a fucking boat then you know how you're going to pitch him. And then the the righty-lefty matchup stuff kind of just falls into place. Simplified rosters also help this. Uh, In in, uh, the season mode, which is a contiguous season, you can set it up to however you like it. You can, you know, 162 games if you want, or you can set it to, you know, 19 games with a playoff structure that's different from the major leagues. Um, And all of the teams are fictional. All of the character models look like uh, cartoon characters. Uh, oh, Kevin, you got something else for us? As soon as they step up to the plate, get ready for that real rocket. Nolo, Nolo, you too as well. Um, and that's really what uh, makes the game shine is the fast, the super fast pace of the actual gameplay, the simplification of uh, the fielding and the base running. Um, is fantastic. Basically, you have an ego setting. This is independent, even if you're playing against other people, you, uh, you can change this setting and it makes the game more difficult, especially, uh, it doesn't just make the game, the AI more difficult. It means that you have to help your players, especially when fielding, more and more, so, like, you start off at, like, zero ego, so everything's, like, really easy, and then you can ramp it up yourself until you're ready to play against other people, and the higher your ego, the more intervention you will have to take on each play to get, you know, players to feel the ball. Also, it does affect how hard you will be pitched by AI pitchers. Um, at 50, which is serious, it's, it goes from zero to a hundred, um, I play at 50, uh, when I'm doing single player, um, hitting is very fucking challenging. It is a... You have to fucking focus. It's not a game that you can really play when you're stoned. 
at level 50, but at Ego 30, Ego 33, 34, maybe 40, um, it is a great game to play when you're stoned. It's like the sweet spot for me, but I, I, I keep trying to increase my baseball skills. So, oh, we have, Kevin has something to say about that. When, when everybody is, is around and we're swinging for two long bombs away, how, how do we come around to know, man, this really, this really is what, it, what it's for? Exactly. It really is what it's for. So I, um, when you're at the plate and you're down by five and it's the bottom of the ninth um, and you have bases loaded and uh, you have to do like a, you want to do a, let's say your pitcher's up next, uh, two outs, you swap them out for your pinch hitter uh Playing out of position, who will now play out of position if you can extend the game any longer. You have to w- pay attention to your at bat. You have to work the count. You have to make them pitch to you. And this gets, that's true for the, against the AI, but it is doubly true if you're, I mean, it's, it's an entirely different game when you start playing against other people, which is what I think Kevin was referencing there. You know, what it's like to know men. Uh, and women. Uh, and by the way, the the leagues are intersexed in, in in the game, and they have hilarious names like the herbivores. And you can create your own entire custom teams very easily, either by modifying one of just uh, cosmetically and you know name changing um, uh, one of the set teams. We'll talk about this is in pennant race that that keeps everything on an even keel for everyone but it still lets you play with custom players for instance I've set up in pennant we'll talk about pennant race in a moment but um, I've set up uh, the Best Links Games podcast discord crew as uh, the spider bears um, for my single player uh, season which I'm now playing 162 games which is great because I like play 4 games a night, it takes about 20 minutes to play a full 9 inning game um, a little longer if you're slower, a little less if you're faster, or if you're just crushing them. Um, Pennant Race, which we'll get to in a moment, is much more exciting and much more fast-paced. But the bottom line is this. You have to work the count. You, if you're at the, if you're at bat, you have to work the fucking count. You have to make them pitch to you. And your character's confidence, which builds up and degrades, uh, and is cumulative from, like, their actions in the field, as well as their actions at the plate, um, has a big effect on this. Also, the the core stats of every uh, player in terms of batting are power and contact, and then you know how they're doing. Like if they're tense, if they're rattled, if they're locked in, if they're on fire. If they're on fire, almost anything around the plate you can blah. But the the way the game visualizes the strike zone and depicts breaking balls is so advanced. I mean, it's it's cartoony, but you can read these pitches and it offers such a dearth of possibilities in terms of psyching people out, you know, going from the fastball to the change, if you're playing especially against another person, is just brutal. It is a brutal adjustment. You go to the change too often, the other player will adjust and they will get used to seeing the change. Then you can blow them away with a fastball. Or if you have breaking pitches, etc, etc, etc. Which uh, takes us back to Kevin who has a point on this topic. Catching, catching, diving, making all the all-star. Right now, bro, get out. Get out. Hey, catching, diving, it's just for the fans. Get out, bro. Just for the fans. There's are good guys around here. 
which is ironically one of the weirdest. It's ex- exactly a lot of good guys around here um, making all the plays, you know, k- pitching and catching. You have to keep track of your catcher's uh, health in the season modes. Playing exhibition is like pissing into a uh, pissing into the wind, pissing into a ditch. You know, it doesn't mean a fucking thing. But once you start putting together a season and stuff, it's very easy to manage. There is no like. Um, you know, a trade deadline, you can't trade for other players or whatever in the single player season or in the pennant race. Now let's talk about the pennant race because that's where, you know, the big league boys really are. Um, so, for instance, on my team, uh, I have Bayonetta, Bayonetta, uh, we got Bird on Wheels, Le Wazo on Wheels. Um, I don't know how to say wheels in French. Hmm, interesting. Uh, we got Boldy Lockers, who fucking carried us to a World Series win. Um, we have Jokimon, Joe Jokimon Kendall. He's one of our relief pitchers. We have Artie, who's one of our relief pitchers. Uh, actually, Jokimon is our closer. Um, our starting rotation is Leon, the professional, um, and a bunch of other people. But you don't have to customize your team for it to be fun. It just makes it more fun for me um, to have everyone from the disc. We got Nixel Dev. We got uh, Blaster PR, who destroyed our first season. He just killed it, him and Burn on Wheels, you have Vigilant Viking, uh, who is big in the clutch our last season um, all of them are slumping we have Dr. Byron Orpheus who doubles on short uh, and then uh, we have Mo- Moni- Mona uh, B-Face, Mo- Moaning Bitchface uh, who's our backup catcher and you have to pay attention to your catcher's health in particular in between games because they do need to get swapped out like every three or four games now Speaking of which, so to go among men and, you know, the big league boys making all the big plays, all the big catches, um, at first, the game seems reduction, it seems like a, uh, just a wholesale reduction of the complexities of baseball. Like you, until like you realize, oh, I can put on hidden runs and I can do pitch outs and I can control the infield shift, which I don't really believe in at all. And you don't really need to pay attention to it. Personally, I don't pay attention to it unless I'm playing against someone who's kicking my ass in real life. Um, but when you see your first squeaker home run, just barely get over the wall. I mean, just barely, like it'll hit the line and then just skip over the wall. Uh, you're like, holy shit, I didn't think that the game really, because basically everything's, you know, the same kind of plays. It's ground balls, fly balls, line drives. Um, but especially when you're playing against other people, you will see something, you know, depending on how good you are. We're terrible. We're the Vramites right now. Uh, name, named for fabulous, uh, 1962 Met, uh, not, non- non-star, Marvelous Marv Throneberry, uh, the 62 New York Mets, for those of you who don't remember, were so unbelievably terrible. They're the worst team since the uh, 1896 Cleveland Spiders, whose manager was double-dealing. He managed to, he owned two teams, and so he was dealing everyone off the Cleveland Spiders to his other team. The Mets broke that record. Uh, well, they basically tied that record, because it was, that was the dead ball era. Um, the 62 New York Mets were fucking unbelievably awful, and New York was so excited to have the Mets, to have National League Baseball back after the Dodgers had left, that they rallied around this hopelessly doomed team. Their record was only recently broken, and it breaks my heart to report this, by the Astros, I guess three years ago, four years ago, um, who who broke their their single... But anyway, bottom line is this, and this is true, uh, you could not, bookies would not take bets on the Mets. 
the 62 New York Mets, and their star was marvelous Marv Throneberry. And halfway through the season, when everything was doomed, we lost over 120 games. It's a 162 game season. That means every three times you went to the ballpark, if you went in a row, you're guaranteed to lose two of those games. Something like that. But seriously, if you, you know, like, it, we were unbelievably awful. Bookies would not take action on the Mets. People stopped their plans for retirement because the Mets pitching was so bad. They thought they could, you know, burnish their records just by having to play fucking you know, however many games against the Mets in a given season. He's like, oh, I want to retire, but, I, you know, I could get in the Hall of Fame, you know, get, you know, 12 more hits off the fucking Mets. And oh boy, they did. So the New York Mets fans for that first season rallied around the team. They've lost 96 games before the All-Star break. Something like that. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Same year, we walked on the, well, not that same year. That was 69. Someone once said that the New York Mets, the 68 New York Mets, or 69 New York Mets would uh, win the World Series only if man walked on the moon, and guess what? We walked on the moon and the Mets won the World Series. <laughs> but uh, 1962 New York Mets were so bad that people, there was a cottage industry to rally around marvelous Marv Throneberry, who manager Casey Stengel once said at his birthday, at Marv Throneberry's birthday, at uh, at the Ritz-Carlton or wherever, you know, Marv, we would have baked you a cake, but we were afraid you would have dropped it. <laughs> and he wasn't kidding. He was terrible! He was terrible. One time when getting called out at third base uh, for not having touched second, Casey Stengel came out to argue the play with the umpire, and the umpire just put his arm around Casey and said, you know what, Casey, in all fairness, he didn't touch first either. <laughs> Marvelous Marv Throneberry, who won a boat. Uh, it's, the, it's the origin of he hit the bull, he wins steak. He won a boat for out hitting his, the rest of the team. But anyway, he was terrible. He was terrible and he was over the hill. Um, and uh, Marvelous Marv Throneberry, the, the flushing faithful, uh, this was back at the Polo Grounds before we had Shea Stadium. Um, I haven't been to City Field where we play now, but uh, 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 the Flushing Faithful rallied around the ridiculous circus that was the unthinkably awful New York Mets. Um, and they there was a cottage industry where people hand silk screened or whatever the fuck painted Vram on their shirts Marv spelled backwards oh uh, Kevin has more for us make 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 it for the make it for the fences wow this is the worst interview I've ever had <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry man <laughs> I can't, can't do this no, no problem <laughs> great group of guys so in continuation with the glorious theme of the 1962 New York Mets, the Vramites, we are the Vramites. And our logo, you can make your own team logo and everything. It's great. It's super cool. Then you can play in the pennant race. Now the pennant race is a rotating championship that uh, every, I think it's seven seven days. I've gone through three of them. Um, you are ranked. You're matched with other people who this is, you can't control your ego here. It sets your ego based off your performance. You have to play five games to establish your ranking 
and then it puts you into a uh, a ranking in terms of the leagues. Like there's junior, there's pro, and all you know, blah blah blah. I'm in the f- I'm in the fucking bottom of the barrel because I always play when I'm stoned. Um, and it'll matchmake you with other people who play at who have been assigned the same ego level as you in the same division, and you can move up be- or down between divisions every seven days once, you know, the the pennant race is over. This is super exciting, and the rules for pennant race make this the Cadillac, the best way to play the game. So here's what I normally do. When I start match, I I pop open the game, I select a pennant race, I'm already ranked at, like, bottom of the barrel scum, and I've lost so many fucking games, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, I came in 15th out of 15 twice in a row in the pennant races. Because I'm always stoned when I play, but that's fine. It's so much more fun to pitch against real other people, and to hit against real other people, too, because then, like, your successes are your successes, and your good plays are your good plays. So, you want to talk about making big plays? There are basically two ways that you handle your um, the controls in the field. The first is just getting to the underneath a fly ball. Um, the harder your ego is, the more you actually have to move the stick and control the individual fielder to get them underneath the fly ball. Normally, they're easy to read. Sometimes it ends up being an adventure, like well, the, where they will make a catch behind their back. You have two buttons, though. Those catches are automatic. You have two buttons, though. Let's say there's a hot shot back to a comebacker to the pitcher, right off the bat, right at the pitcher's face. Time slows down. If if the ball is going to be a ground ball towards a hot shot towards any infielder, like a worm burner, you have this brief second as the ball comes off the bat where time slows down for the fielders. And that enables you to either jump to make a jumping catch or dive to make, that's if the ball's going to go over your head, or dive to make a diving catch if the ball's going to be out of your reach on the ground. You can knock down some plays just with these simple mechanics. You can also steal home runs depending on how good your mojo is for that individual fielder. Like, I mean, if you guys are good at fielding, you can Spider-Man the walls and fucking take back home runs from people that, you know, are going to be over the wall. Um, then you have a very simple one button. So, okay, so on uh, the Xbox 360 controller that I use, uh, where the fuck is it? Here, while I look for that, let's, uh, Kevin's got some more for us. What do you got, Kevin? All right. They do that to at this town at this point. Well, if he's rattled, that's what I'm thinking because they've gotten two home runs off him and he doesn't have the control anymore. Yeah, the guy that's the, the second, the second, second one. Oh, that doesn't seem like the fair, that doesn't seem like the fair one right at this point. I don't know what the bomb guard, I don't know. This isn't, is it, is it pissing Kevin's way ahead of me with that one. Exactly. So when you're playing in the pennant race, um, here's 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 my process for, for doing this. Um, I will jump into the pennant race and I will go to find a game. Then I'll back out of that. It will keep finding me a game. I will go to my single player uh, season and then I'll play my, you know, season as normal in single player until it finds a match for me and then it automatically jumps me into the match. Which is great. 
Because that means you don't have to sit there just, you know, with your thumb up your ass for fucking endless hours when you want to play the game. You know, if you can't play the game against another person, then playing against the the AI is the next best thing. So, so here's what Pennant Race exactly is, as Kevin was saying. He was, like I said, he was a little bit ahead of me. Pennant Race is this. Each game in the Pennant Race, and you can play as many of them as you can squeeze in as many of them as you can find in seven days. So you can go up the ranks, you can go down the ranks, you know, blah, 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 blah. You get ego points, you get ranking points and ego points based on your performance. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, it's really all about how you play the game. But if you want to win, if you want to win, it's all about winning or losing. So here's the here are the rules for the pennant race, and this is so fantastic. It is a five-inning game. Ties, extra innings, okay? There is a 10-run mercy rule. So if you score 10 runs against me, I get one inning to come back. If the combined score between the two uh, teams is 20 or over, it goes into sudden death. Um, I think that's how it, how it's played. I can't remember. The cool thing is, here's the deal. Let's say that you jump into a game and, you know, it starts off with, you know, the, the, theoretically, there is microphone chat available, but not, a, not w- via cross-platform, which sucks, because everyone that you'll play with, if you're playing on Linux, will be cross-platform. Um, but you can still play against them. You can still play against people on PS4 and fucking, you know, all the other platforms that they have the game available for. So you start the game and uh, it's whoever is next up in your pitching rotation. And this rotation is fixed. You can't really edit it um, outside of the start of the season and you can't really edit the team or its stats. But you can set up a pennant race team that is customized, like like we've done with the Best Links Games podcast, with the Vramites and the Spider Bears. The Spider Bears are the single-player version of the Vramites. Vramites suck. We are terrible. I mean, we are really bad. We just get our asses kicked endlessly, because all of the... When you're playing as real people, it's like, I would say 30 times more difficult um, even when they're like ranked at your level, you have to really control and plan out how you're pitching. Now, here's the coolest thing. Because it's five innings, this game moves super fast. So if you get lit up in the first inning for like even a run, you get touched up for even like, you know, three runs by the second inning or whatever, you're pulling that pitcher. You're putting in your relief pitcher. Your relief pitcher is probably your most important person in pennant race because you will use them constantly. They will be, you know, the second, well, ideally like the third to fourth inning guy, but second to third and, you know, blah. You have a limited bullpen too, but the relief pitcher doesn't require generally any sort of recovery time between games. So you can just roll through your starting lineup there are penalties, though, if you put in a starting pitcher as a relief pitcher. Uh, but you can put in any relief pitcher or closing pitcher as a closing... You can put in a closing pitcher for a relief pitcher or a relief pitcher for a closing pitcher. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and then you can sub out anyone else. Like, if someone's on a cold streak, you know, you sub them out. 
you just sub them out for their, you know, equivalent, even if they're playing out of position, blah. But then there are defensive liabilities that you incur for that. Um, everyone comes off the bench at neutral in terms of like their ability to field and hit the ball. Neutral is okay for most people, but if their innate stats are terrible at fielding, neutral is bad unless you get them some hits. Vice versa, etc. The the two things are interlinked. The mojo of the fielders and the batters and the pitchers are all kind of intertwined in a weird backwards and forwards way uh, between the teams. This makes it super fucking cool. So you if you get touched, if they start because when you when you pull out a fresh pitcher against another player, they can't see the ball as well as they can against a pitcher who's been lit up and is and has shaky confidence. All of a sudden, their cutter doesn't cut as much, their breaking ball doesn't break as much, it doesn't, you know, just dive out of the zone, it kind of lingers there on a tee, and that's how you get lit up. And believe me, we've gone lit the fuck up. The 10-run mercy rule is fantastic. Also, there is a timer on the pitcher. You have to select your pitch and throw your pitch. It's something like five seconds. If you it's actually it's like five seconds and then you get like the warning light I think and then it's like three more seconds so you gotta go now um otherwise they will throw a ball and anyone can hit it you know blah it's not a pitch out they will just throw a ball if you throw four of those automatic balls in a row you forfeit the game it's the only real way to forfeit the game that and leaving Leaving forfeits the game, but there are achievement gets for staying in losing games. And there's the, the way the game is structured in terms of the ego points and like the actual pennant race, uh, division points. You can gain points for your ego, even though you're going to lose points on your division standing, meaning that you will be, it'll start matching you with people that are not as good as you if they can find them. You know, there'll be like a four point difference. If you go, so you see, there's like, there's, there's rewards all over the place that keep, that incentivize people to keep playing. And now finally, our last update from uh, Kevin, he's, uh, Kevin, you got something for us? Is it, is it for the rest of the season? Is what is? The big league boys. The what? The big league boys. Big league boys? What, baseball? Is it for, is it for, is it going to be carried through? Are they going to win it again, you mean? I hope so. But, uh, you know, you just never know. It has to play out. That's, a, that's the name of the game, if, if, if I said right. so myself. And ain't that the truth? I mean, you know, you have to... There's 162 games. There's a reason why you play all of them. Uh, and so, in conclusion, uh, the Big League Boys, Super Mega Baseball 2, earns Best Link Games uh, podcast highest... Uh, conferable honor, worth full price, all price, everyday price, every day of the week, all days of the week, for now in perpetuity, especially if you want to get into that big league boys spirit right now. Um, it is fantastic and as a huge player community, uh, you will enjoy chatting with the minimalist, chatting 
settings, even if you can't uh, talk in real time, it's actually kind of better that you can use just like the stock responses to shit. And uh, you will be surprised by this game. I am so glad it runs on Proton. And uh, let's play ball. Uh, Kevin has one last update for us. Uh, you want to close this out, Kevin? Anyway, that's our show. Kevin's going to close us out. Cheers. Thanks for listening. I'll catch us next week. That's right. All right. Take care, guys. Good luck. Take care. All right. Rheingold Beer. Rheingold Beer welcomes you to the Polo Grounds for your 1963 New York Mets. I'm Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Kiner and Bob Murphy. And at 9.20, I'm Bob Huesler. Not many ways left to describe the way this atrocious season has gone for the Mets, but they keep challenging people to try. Today, a ninth inning meltdown against the worst team in baseball. A two-run Mets lead became a three-run Nationals win. Washington wins at 7-4. The Mets handed the ball to Frankie Rodriguez in the ninth, and he quickly loaded the bases, walked in one run, and then with two outs on a 3-2 pitch, he served up a game-winning grand slam to Justin Maxwell. Take me out to the ball game. That wasn't good. That wasn't good. And you know me, I don't say nothing. That was terrible. Take me out to the crowd. And Jerry Manuel says it's all part of the script. That's what he does. You know, he lives on the edge a little bit and he's able to come up with the pitch when he needs it. And he got put a good swing on it. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. If you're not sure how many outs there are in an inning, look at the scoreboard. They don't win, it's a shame. And today, Jay Hook takes the hill against Sandy Koufax of the Dodgers. The Mets will be down 11 0 by the second. Nonetheless, it's one, it'll be an enjoyable day at the old three ball. Three strikes and ride at the old ball game. There is no Linda's version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you.
for great justice. Now you listen, and now you listen, for you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn-rimmed spectacles. And you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines. And you're going to wear a skirt and low-heeled shoes and you're going to wear a girdle. And especially a girdle. 